0: a lot of talk these days about mental health, things like anxiety, depression, and just because of the condition of our world today, people are more aware of their mental health, but it's not just that simple. It's not simply biological, but it is biological. It's not simply spiritual, but it can be spiritual. It's not just emotional, but it can relate to our emotions. So that's what we're going to be talking about on Life Talks today, anxiety anxiety. Or joy, anxiety, or what else is going on in our life. So I'm Ben, I'm Dan. No, I'm not Ben. You're Ben.
1: I'm Dan. You're you Ben. You know, I called Dan dad in a meeting like yeah. this week. And and I was flattered. <laughs> I've only I would have only been what
0: 15? Yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in Suburban Charlotte. And this is Life Talks. Ben, this is an important topic. Now, just so the audience knows, you are you are kind of studying this. You're studying a lot of mental health issues. I, I got, so there's
1: some there's some cereal boxes that have some things on the back that I've been reading. And it's re- no, 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 no. no. <laughs> or I, there's this test I took on Facebook. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm just teasing. No, no. Ben's one of the smartest guys I know, and he continues uh, to to learn and so forth. But he's also formally learning. He's working on a counseling degree at Montreat University or Montreat College up in uh, the Asheville area of North Carolina uh, on, on counseling, mental health, these mm-hmm. issues and so forth. And I know you're learning tons. The wonderful thing, though, because of your background in theology and so forth, you're viewing this through a biblical perspective, yeah. a biblical lens. And I know you're learning a lot, but mm. kind of as we kick this off, help help me understand if you would, uh, kind of the biology of anxiety. Um, how, how does it relate yeah. to our physical wiring?
1: Yeah. So remember, I know you weren't here, but the first two episodes we recorded and I asked this question this past Sunday, which was, is anxiety a mental health issue or a spiritual issue? Mm-hmm. And we answered that. Yes, it is. Um, and now there might be certain aspects of it that are more mental health. And there's some that are there's a lot that are spiritual, uh, but, but I think it's important for us to understand the mental health side. These are things, what we're going to talk about in, in this environment are things I, we don't get a chance to talk about on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Because Sunday morning is purely word of, this is what the word of God says. Yeah. But what I have learned over the course of my studies is there there's so much science out there about the brain. And what I have learned and enjoyed about all the learning I've gone through is that it whenever, what the science points to is- God's word is true. Mm. The science proves that God's word is true. So to me, uh, what I'd like to do is kind of take a step into what's going on in our brains. And here's the question. I, the first question I had everyone really think about is, is anxiety a mental health issue or a spiritual issue? The second question I want you to think about is this, what, what is greater, your brain or your mind? Wow. Wow. I'm. I'm going to, have to think on that. A little what? Bit. What is? What has? What is the more powerful force?
0: I'm going to say mind because okay. it controls
1: the brain. Okay. Yeah. I mean, to, to but me, but I could be
0: persuaded the other way.
1: Well. Okay. So. So that is a. That's a fundamental question that you have to decide. And what's interesting is when the science of psychology was really in its in its infancy and in its birth, the, and, and again, this was a it birthed out of evolution, an explanation of of human nature apart from God. Most most early psychologists up until present time have believed that our brains are hardwired. Mm-hmm. That the brain is is basically you can do a lot of things in your mind, but you are severely limited because your brain limits you. And what we're finding is now that we can do brain scans, now that we're able to measure things, that the more study we do about the brain, the more we realize no, the brain is not hardwired. It is softwired. Mm. It's 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 literally like it's it's something that you can download programs into. Remember the movie The Matrix where you can just download mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. now. It might maybe not to that extent, obviously not to that extent, but the brain is incredibly malleable. And to me, the Bible, I believe the Bible So when my teacher said you've got play-doh for brains. She was right. <laughs> <laughs> A little, yeah. I mean there's some mushiness that you can you can definitely, you know, play with. But yeah, there's prior psychologists believed that you were hard your brain was hardwired, so therefore when it came to your own mental health issues, there's very limited things that you can do. And again, this comes down to the fundamental difference between the world view of psychology and the worldview of the Bible and of God, and naturalism versus supernaturalism. And, and to me, what the the worldview of psychology and the philosophy of psychology says this: we are just a collection of cells and neurons, mm-hmm. and and we've been imprinted by our by our environment and and the people around us. But listen, all you can hope for with all of the problems that you have, the only thing you can hope for is coping, is managing the symptoms. Mm. And to me, here's what I find so interesting: is the word "therapist" and the word, you know, "therapeutics." We get that term from the Greek word "therapeuto," which means to heal. Hmm. It literally means to heal. So when someone says I'm a therapist, you're someone, someone, you're claiming to have some level or understanding of healing. But as I was in my studies, as I was reading books and studying all the great minds and the great theories and practices of psychology. One of the things that stood out to me was they, most people do not, most philosophies and theories do not believe that fundamentally people can change. They believe that they can manage things, that they can adapt somewhat, but there's no real overcoming. But the Bible talks about healing. The Bible talks about overcoming. The Bible talks about transforming ourselves. And to me, we are either going to approach our bodies, our mind, the, the, the the creations that we are in God's image, the imago Dei in us, and we're either going to believe that we are just a collection of cells and we just got to manage the problems until we die, or we can believe that God has created us in his image with the potential through his power and through his spirit and through the truth of God's word to actually change. Those are two fundamental worldviews, Dan. And to me, if, if Christians go into a Therapist's office or a psychologist's office, and they look for answers from someone who looks across at them and says, "You are simply a hardwired animal that must do what you are hardwired to do, and there's no help for you. You you've got a problem." Yeah. Okay. Now here's what here's what's so great, and any theological construct that tells you that as well. Exactly. So 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 to that that's true as well. Yeah. So (laughs) one of the things that I believe, what I love learning about is all the recent science is proving and showing that our brains are not hardwired, that through actually our thinking, our, the action of our minds, we can change the wiring in our brain. Okay? Now that's called neuroplasticity. That's a really- You're so smart. No, I'm, I'm not. So I'm, just, I'm just man. telling you what it's called. There's a <laughs> lot of books that are written on this, but you know, there's a great a, a study came out just to kind of prove that this is a real thing. Um, some researchers, I can't remember what university did this, but they blindfolded a bunch of people for one week, seven straight days, blindfold, pitch black.
0: I'd have lost my mind.
1: All right, yeah, you would have, you would have opted out after yeah. 20, you know two hours. But they did this because they wanted to, to measure brain activity before and after. And so here's what they found: they found after seven days of people walking around with a blindfold that the part of the brain that controls the seeing that you know that you know the the neuropathways and the hi- highways that go from our eyes to that that part of our brain that takes in the the um, the, the images and interprets them that within one week our the, the brain was starting to burrow pathways neur- neuron pathways in the brain from the sight part of the the brain to the touch part of the brain one week one week, they saw an immense amount of change in someone's brain wiring. That tells you something that tells you that no matter what the problem you have regarding mental health, that you can do something to help rewire it. And so, I mean, there's been a lot of books i've i've read I've read um uh, I shouldn't say a lot, but I've read a handful of books. I've read a lot of articles. I've done a lot of research on this. Um, one of the books I read was switch on your brain by Dr. Caroline leaf, another one, the soul of shame, another one called the other half of church by Jim Wilder. They all deal with this issue of, um, neuroscience and how it points to the reality that when the word of God says that you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that is not a spiritual theory. It is actually a physical reality in your brain. Hmm. So when we talk about people that have isu- mental health issues, um, there are, y- you can have hope. You don't have to just say, this is just who I am. Now, I say all that, and I know that people are listening to saying, oh, Ben, you don't know me. I've got major issues. So I wanna, I wanna take a step back. And first of all, when, if you're thinking that, let me just say this. I wanna empathize with you. What? what what I'm talking about here, I don't want you to feel bad that what I just said. That because you have struggled for years of with mental health issues, that you know somehow, um, you know, there's something wrong with you. Listen, every single one of us is fallen. Yeah, every single, we all have something. We wrong all with us. have something wrong with us, um, and there are certain things that happen to us. And I'm going to explain again. That's why I talked about the biology of anxiety. I want us to get into what happens in our brains physiologically when we're afraid so that you can understand how you might feel like, man, this is just who I am. This is just what happens to me. And um, so, so I, I think laying the foundation of the worldview, I think laying the foundation of the the neuroplasticity that that God has created us to have in our Brains should give all of us hope, and that's what I want you to have. If there's one thing I want you to take away from this episode, I want you to have hope. I don't want you to feel like, you know, I'm I'm beating you up or I'm telling you there's something wrong with you and and trying to you know make you feel bad because you've got problems. That's not what I'm saying. And to me, when I was reading this, this gave I don't know about you, but this gave me hope. This let yeah. I me mean, understand like I don't the issues that I do have. I don't have to feel like this is the way I always have to be. And again, what I just shared with you, the three books I just mentioned, the other half of church, the soul of shame, the switch on your brain, they're all written by neuroscientists, psychologists, who are Christian with a Christian worldview. But you can read non-Christians, scientists that would point and say the same exact thing, that there's been so many books written on the reality of, um, you can you can train your brain how to think. You mm-hmm. can you can create new neural pathways to overcome the old neural pathways uh, to change the behavior that you want to yeah. have.
0: Well, now I've got some tough questions for you eventually. All right,
1: eventually on all, right. That, so. all right, so you, I mean, everything I've <laughs> yeah. just said. Is there anything that pops up in your mind that you're no, saying?
0: I, yeah, I mean, what 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 we're hearing gives ought to give us hope. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, that's that's the word of God. You know, whether it's temptation or problems or whatever, there's always, there's a way of escape. Yeah. There is hope. There is transformation possible.
1: Yeah. So that's good news. Absolutely. It's very good news. So, okay, um, I'm going to get some, I'm going to get a little nerdy right now. You ready for me to get nerdy?
0: Oh, bend the nerd. Here <laughs> we go.
1: <laughs> okay. So, Dan, what happens when you see a snake?
0: Oh, adrenaline... <laughs> Fear, palpitations, involuntary wetting.
1: From the brow. <laughs> I said, I said, wedding, not sweating. Both, both. Um, if you want to see Dan move and scream like a little schoolgirl, just, just put just a snake. show me a picture of
0: a snake. That's enough.
1: He, so, so I'm going to tell you, Dan, what's happening inside your brain when you see a snake. All right. All right. Okay. So, what's happening in your brain when you see a snake? Um, your your eyes. Now, it's interesting how God's wired our brains to work. Your seeing and your hearing go to a part of your brain called the thalamus, and your thalamus will will put will send messages to the amygdala. The amygdala is like kind of the core part of your brain. It's the very kind of this like feels
0: very personal. <laughs> He's talking about my amygdala.
1: <laughs> I didn't uh, even we, know what one is. We all have an amygdala. <laughs> oh, amygdala. Amygdala. Uh, can you spell that for me? Is it E-M or uh, M? A-M-Y-G-D-A-L-A, amygdala. I've
0: been around the world twice into a goat roping <laughs> once and never heard that word.
1: <laughs> you got one, Dan. I got it. Everyone's got an amygdala. Um, I'm not special. <laughs> no, you're not. But what's interesting is your sight and your your hearing go to the thalamus and then go to the amygdala, but your touch and your smell go straight to the amygdala. Isn't that interesting? How God's created us with that kind of, In the amygdala is the, it's the part of your brain that controls fear. Mm. It is the, it's the warning system in your brain that says something here is not right. And so what's happening, and again, these are happening within microseconds, you know, thousands of a second, you're they're processing all this information so these the, the goes from to the amygdala then sends out messages to the highways to what we call the HPA axis. These three parts that are really close to your brain. Okay, it's they're kind of like in the same cul-de-sac of of the brain. <laughs>
0: now now we're putting it where Dan can understand
1: it. <laughs> so the HPA axis is basically the hypothalamus. Okay, the pituitary gland um, and the adrenal gland, and each of those three. HPA axis, they send a hormone, a chemical known as cortisol, to the amygdala to let you know, hey, you've got to do something here. And when you, again, this is happening when you're seeing, it's happening so fast that it's your just body's reacting. So the cortisol is, a, it's a good chemical. We need cortisol. We need a little bit of cortisol. We don't need a lot of cortisol.
0: It makes you fat too, doesn't it?
1: I don't know about I think that. There,
0: yeah, there's a relationship. <laughs> I'll Explain are you, why later. Are you, are you
1: are you are you saying that people who are overweight are always afraid? Well, I, you can look <laughs> at me and tell
0: the sheer number of snakes I've seen in my day.
1: <laughs> so what's happening is the uh, when the HPA axis is flooding the amygdala with cortisol, your body is will go to uh, flight, fight, or freeze. You will you will make a decision to say I'm going to fight you. I'm going to run away or I'm frozen. And every person listening to this, there's a typical response that your body moves to immediately when that amygdala is activated by the HPA axis to say, you've got to do something. And there's some people that freeze up. I, I know for me, that's my most typical response when I get afraid. I freeze. I, I literally will be like, uh, and I don't know what to say or what to do.
0: Interesting. That's never mine. So that that's interesting.
1: And there's some people that say, I got to get out of here and I'm going to run until I I hit a, a wall or something. That would be me. That would be <laughs> you. And then we often know people that when something happens, they they fight, they they lash out, they get angry. So that's how your response is happening. And and the other parts that are sending messages to your stomach to all of a sudden not be hungry and... And, um, when you live in your amygdala, uh, here's the interesting thing. So, so when you get ang- anxious, you're seeing or feeling or hearing something that's triggering your amygdala to hit your messages to your HPA access. And it's sending messages back like, yeah, this is serious. You should be freaked out right now, or you should be concerned. And all of a sudden the, um, the amygdala starts getting flooded with cortisol and when your amygdala is flooded with cortisol, all of a sudden you can't remember things. You you are you know, have a hard time just kind of you know piecing things together. That's why whenever has someone has test anxiety, you go in there. You might know everything about it, but the moment you sit down in the classroom and to take that test, and you start worrying that I'm going to forget these answers, you won't remember anything yeah. that you they studied. They lock up. They know. lock up. Okay, that's a real thing. It's happening physiologically in their brain. So what happened? What what's the what? It's interesting the way God's created us because that HPA access, again, they're cul-de-sac neighbors to to the to the amygdala, and that's good because when you see a snake, you, God wants you to be able to act quickly and immediately to real danger. That's a beautiful way that God's created our brains to work. But there's also uh, what you want to do, hopefully. Is that when you're seeing things? And we talked about this a couple episodes ago with Britt. That there are things that that because of our experience with trauma or something else that we will see thing that ne- isn't necessarily dangerous, but our brains trick us into thinking this is dangerous. And the issue is when we start getting flooded with cortisol, um, it it starts rewiring brains. And again, those those highways. Neuron pathways. I think there's 84 billion neurons in our brain, and they're all connecting to each other. And I mean, so trillions, trillions of connections are going on in our brains. What we want to do is get connected to the prefrontal, cor- prefrontal cortex of your brain. That's your thinking brain. The problem is to connect the prefrontal cortex to your amygdala. It, you have to go, you know, around town. Okay. So you have to get on the expressway. You have to take a little bit longer of a journey to get to your thinking brain to than your immediate reaction. That's why it's easier to be afraid than to not be afraid. It's easier to be anxious than to not be anxious. Mm. Because again, you're you've got neighbors to those different parts of your brain. And if here's what here's what the brain is is happening. The more that you allow anxiety to trigger your amygdala, the more you see things, hear things, and you, you interpret them as I need to be afraid about this. I need to let, I'm not sure about how this is all going to work out. The more you let fear put in those thoughts and activate that amygdala, flood the amygdala with cortisol, two things happen. Those those well-worn pathways of between neurons, they get, it's not just kind of like walking through grass, it's like walking through concrete or walking on concrete. It, they become super highways. Hmm. So the more you, get, the more you are anxious, the more it's easier to be anxious because the neuron pathways between the HPA axis and your amygdala keep getting wider, bigger. And the more your amygdala gets flooded with cortisol, the bigger your amygdala gets. It literally will get, it's like a muscle that you work out. Hmm. So yeah, the body's supposed to get a little bit of cortisol, but it's not supposed to be flooded with cortisol all the time. And so- when people are afraid and they continue to be afraid, it actually increases and speeds up the potential to be afraid the next time and the next time. And that's why when people are anxious, anxiety continues to increase unless they stop it and you can, and to learn to decrease it. So, man, we are out of time and we yeah. are literally mid-conversation here.
0: Yeah. And we'll pick this up in our next episode. It just reminds me again, that verse, how we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yes. All of this is intentional on God's part yeah. for our good, and for his glory. Even those things which cause the fight, flight, or fright um freeze. or freeze yeah. uh responses in us, that's part of God's design for us. And so in the end, God can be glorified from how we handle it. I appreciate how you've led us up to this moment. We're going to look into this a little deeper in our next episode, Anxiety or or Joy, and a lot of the choice is up to us. So we're going to be looking at it in just a moment. As always, thanks for listening to us at Life Talks. You'll need to make sure you join us on the next episode so that you can hear how we can use God's grand design for our good and his glory. Until next time, thanks for joining us at Life Talks. You've been
1: listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.